Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Chanel. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me just a couple of little things about yourself. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. So I am a mom of five kids. I live in Southern California and I've got to say, I love the whole lemonade stand thing. I've always had a little entrepreneurial spirit in me. And so lemonade stands are definitely speaking my language. As a kid, I was all about it. Wanted to have a lemonade stand. I did a door-to-door business selling stationery for prizes. Um, it has just like, it wasn't a school fundraiser. It was something you could do back in the eighties and I just wanted to do it. And I remember I earned a calligraphy set. So highly motivated to earn this calligraphy set through selling door to door, but whatever it was, lemonade, whatever I was selling, I just really love that spin. So that's fun. That's so cute. I love that. I actually sold the same thing back in the eighties. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. (laughs) And what was your prize? I didn't win a prize. I, I cannot, I don't think I sold very well. I remember a lot of door knockings and not much result. So I think I just went to a newspaper route after that. And I just started doing that. So I was about nine years old. So I kept myself busy with that. Yeah. Kids today are missing out, but yeah, back in the day. The good old times when you actually had to go out and knock on doors. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's great to meet you. I'm excited to hear your lemon to lemonade story. Now you got to take me back and tell me what happened to you and what you are doing now. Yeah, for sure. So for me, what comes to mind with this is when I had kids and was a young mom when I first had kids. So I always wanted to be a mom. That was my plan, be a stay-at-home mom. And I had four kids in six years. So they were all pretty close together. Um, I had my first two, and I should say we, I mean, my husband was a part of this. We had our first two, uh, 19 months apart. And I was young, I was 25 and I just, it was so hard. And I was like, this is hard. What am I doing? And I remember the toddler would cry. The baby would cry. I would cry. We were all in tears. And so it took me three years there. We have a three-year space between number two and number three. And then we had two more also 19 months apart. So four kids in six years. And that was really when things started to kind of unravel for me. I just, I was where I had always wanted to be, right? Here I am. I've got these kids, stay at home, mom, this is the life, but I was drowning. I was just kind of miserable. And, um, it wasn't anything huge. It was really subtle. But what I found was like every day trying to get dinner on the table, I was just losing it with my kids. Generally, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty easygoing. My husband would come home and I was grumpy and I would be like, I just, I don't have time to myself. I'm overwhelmed. And he would try to help. He was working in a traditional, you know, nine to five and would come home in the evenings. And I remember he would try to help by like, okay, listen, go off by yourself. And I'd go wander the aisles at Target. Like I didn't even know what 
to do with myself. And this went on for kind of a while where I just was feeling very lost in my life, in motherhood, in trying to figure out what this new version of me looked like. And I would say that's definitely my my lemon moment. And sometimes I hesitate, right? It's not, it's not like rock bottom. It's not like I was on the streets and having this terrible thing, but it was really hard for me. And I was really not um, living my best life. I guess you could say I was just not in a happy state of mind or a good place to where I felt the way that I want to feel in my day to day. Yeah. Were you diagnosed with depression or anything like that? Like maybe postpartum? No. So I did go to the doctor and I'm like, okay, what's, what's going on? And really what finally led me to the doctor was some physical symptoms because emotionally I didn't, it wasn't as severe as all that. Like it wasn't depression to where I could say, oh, you know, I can't get out of bed in the morning or I'm really struggling. I just felt off. Um, But when I started having some physical symptoms, I went to the doctor, he ran a whole battery of tests and they came back and he said, your cortisol is too high, which is is your stress hormone. In other words, you're stressed. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I'm stressed. My first reaction to that was irritation. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm stressed. I know. (laughs) How much for that (laughs) advice, doctor? Did you notice the four kids here in the doctor's (laughs) office with me? That's why. Yeah. Um, But after giving it some thought, it was a real wake up call for me. Like, okay, if even medically they can look at me and say, you are stressed and this is causing you problems, then something's got to change. And so that was um, the catalyst for me that allowed me to then say, okay, I'm ready for something different. I need to do things a little bit different. What I decided to do, I'm like, well, I think what I really need is regular, consistent time alone. And that was pretty hard to get. My oldest was in kindergarten. My youngest was a baby. And so there wasn't, that wasn't really happening. It was always, you know, getting the kids out the door. Even if one was taking a nap, when you've got three littles at home all day, time alone is not something that's happening. And then dinner, bedtime, husband wants some time at the end of all that. And Anyway, so I decided the only time I could see in that whole situation of me having time to myself was getting up before my kids. And I resisted that at first because I wanted my sleep. But I decided, okay, if I get up just a little bit earlier, I'll get up like 15 minutes early and I will go have a little bit of time to myself and I'll go do yoga. I am I am a yoga teacher. I've taught for a long time. And I thought if I could just have that little bit of time, I think that would make a difference. So I started getting up about 15 minutes before I expected the first kid to wake up. And I would go in the office and I would shut the door. And that was a crucial piece for me because one of the things that I didn't realize until after, and some of this is in hindsight, what I thought I needed, in fact, let me back up a second. The reason I decided to do yoga was not because I thought, oh, I need time alone. It was because I thought I need deep breathing and I need to calm down. What I didn't realize until later was what I actually needed more than anything was that time alone. But later I thought, oh, I probably could have this time alone, no matter what I was doing with this time, probably would have given me the same result. 
but I chose to do yoga with that time. So also I shut the door and that was really huge. I wasn't even shutting the door when I was going to the bathroom at this point in my life. Like my kids were all little, there were no, there were no moments alone in those days, but I did shut the door while I was doing yoga and my kids were little, my earliest could read my, my oldest could read, but the others couldn't read. And so eventually I put a sign on the door with a picture so that everyone, readers or not, could tell what this meant. It meant don't come in. It meant this is mom's time. So even if they happened to wake up early, if they saw the sign on the door, that was their sign. And we had we had trainings on this. I sat the kids down. If you see this on the door, it means don't come in. I'm busy. I won't talk to you. <laughs> that sounds mean <laughs> and harsh, but actually it was really important to me. If they would come in and ask me a question, I would just put my finger to my lips and not answer. And they they got the message, even the two-year-old, you know, he got the message pretty quick. It wasn't being mean, but it was creating a boundary that those 15 minutes are my time to myself. I also asked my husband, hey, this is the time that I need. So if the baby gets up, and this was the time my husband was usually getting up too, and he had things to do, and he needed a shower and get ready, if he gets up, I need you to take that 15 minutes. And he was on board. And so I had that help if the baby happened to get up too early. So that was really, um, that was my lemonade, I would say, is having this small morning routine. That grew over time. So it started out really tiny. And then I realized a lot of things were happening for me. So what was happening is, yeah, I was getting in this yoga. Fantastic. That was great. I was feeling good. But at dinner time, I was less grumpy. In the night, I had more energy. I wasn't freaking out if the kids came out of their beds more than once. You know, I was just in a better place. And I was like, well, if that happened from 15 minutes of yoga, what would happen if I did other things in this morning routine? And so I started expanding my morning routine and adding in other things that I felt like were important. And so I have a whole morning routine now that I do. So my kids, this has been about 12 years ago now, since I started this morning routine, I do my morning routine religiously every morning. Um, and I've added things to it. And even now as a mom of I have three teenagers or four teenagers and a six-year-old. Um, and even now it makes such a difference. In fact, I'll tell you a few days ago, I had been up late. My, my youngest was sick. He got me up, uh, and I was tired. And so I didn't get up early before my kids. I, and I ended up getting up with my kids and I went to, I still did the pieces of my morning routine, but my kids were there. And even with teenagers, I thought, mm, this is why I get up early because they were having, you know, teenage moments saying stuff to me. And I thought, man, I need just that little time in the morning. It makes all the difference. I, I love that. I love the positivity that you were able to find in a situation that would have been easy to just ruminate in and just be sad and disappointed and upset and hating your life. And you're like, no, I'm going, I have the power to change this and pivot to something else. So what are you doing now to help others with this lemonade? Yeah. So one of the things that I teach moms is to have a morning routine. I feel like it's so crucial. And I hear some pushback from that, from moms, like, I don't want to get up early. I need my sleep. I get it. I do. 
Get up 10 minutes before your kids. Give yourself 10 minutes in the morning. And whatever that thing is that you wish you could do, that like, okay, uh, I just, I really want to. And I'll tell you, this can be like, baby steps toward a big goal. This can be self-care type things. It can be anything, but whatever that thing is that you feel like you're missing, if you put that in your morning and you spend 10 minutes doing it, it will change the entire course of your day. It really, it really does. So that's how I help moms to be able to do that now. What that is, what self-care, what morning routine is, is a keystone habit. And one of the things that I teach is habits, but A keystone habit is basically a habit that shifts out and ripples through your entire day, your entire life. And so a morning routine, if you start your morning with something important, and it's going to be different for everyone, but if you start it with something that matters to you, you will see improvement in every area of your life. And so it's really powerful. It's like the simplest, most powerful thing I feel like that you can do, especially as moms who sometimes can't seem to find that time anywhere else in their day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you think it has to be a big thing. Like you think, oh, I have to go to the gym for an hour. It's like, no, you could do yoga for 10 minutes. You know, you can just start with that little thing. And then as it becomes a priority and as your life changes and days get a little bit better, you can incorporate more as you go along, you know, and before long, you can be doing that hour long workout, but you got to start somewhere and start with the 10 minutes that's doable and an easier way to start a new habit. Exactly. And along those lines, one of the things that I teach about this that is really powerful is called the range of possibilities. What that is, is the idea of, it's exactly what you just said, Heidi, we want to do an hour long workout. We're like, that's what will count if I get in this hour long workout. And if I only work out for five minutes, that's nothing. I might as well do nothing. And the range of possibilities says, okay, take everything you want to do. Maybe we'll say, I want to work out. My maximum is an hour. Like that's a dream world. That's what I would do in a perfect world. But on my worst day, on my day when the baby got up in the night, or I'm just not feeling that great, or I just am plain lazy on that morning, my minimum, I'm going to at least do five minutes of yoga. And when you take that minimum and you say that counts, that's enough, it is a powerful mental shift. And so recently I was on vacation and I I didn't, I didn't not do my morning routine. I still did my morning routine, but I did the minimum. I just did a little bit of yoga, a little bit of scripture study, a little bit of journaling, but, and a little bit of meditation. Those are the four things that I currently have in my morning routine. I did a little bit of each of them, but it still started off my day, right? It still kept me in that habit of where I want to be. And that makes all the difference because when we let ourselves do just a little bit, when we let that be enough, we feel so good every single day. We're not just waiting for the one day, the big moment, the big push where we have a full hour. Every day can be good. Every day. Exactly. It's those little things. And it's what you, it's what you think about it. It's how you're going to value it in your own mind. If you're going to say that five minutes isn't worth it, then it's not going to be worth it to you. But if you can value it and, and your thoughts can be like, yeah, I'm going to take care of myself for five minutes and it's going to be enough today. And it's just how you, how you decide and frame it in your mind that it's all you can do and that's good enough and then move forward. Yeah. 
It's really, you know, looking back with this experience, I said, when I was a young mom, that's what I wish I would have known is like a little bit actually counts. I mentioned my husband would try to help by giving me time to myself. And yet I, it almost felt like, well, if I don't have this time every single day, if I don't have this hour or two hours or whatever, every single day, this little bit of time, what can I do with this? And yet there's so much if you're intentional with it. And so Absolutely. that's where I'm at now is like, I don't have to have hours to make it meaningful because I know what I'm going to do with even that little tiny bit of time. Yeah. So would you suggest somebody make a list of like their prioritizing things that are most important? Like if I had five minutes of time, I would do yoga or read scriptures or whatever, or is it better to just have the open time and then figure out what to put in it? Oh yes. I love this question so much. So what I suggest when I work with clients is this. So Choose one to three activities in your morning routine. What are the things that you want in your morning routine? Then create a minimum and a maximum for each of those. Now decide what order you want to do them in. So you said like, oh, should I kind of figure it out as I go? No. And here's why. In the morning, we want to be on autopilot as much as possible. We have basically by the end of the day, our decision-making capability goes downhill. We've all seen this. We've all lived it. Your husband's like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you, I don't care. What do you want to watch? Please, you just decide. I'm done deciding for the day, right? We're just <laughs> done. And one of the ways we can combat that is in the morning, having as few decisions as possible. We're taking the decisions out of the process. So we're, we're sitting down one day, we're figuring out what do I want in my morning routine? Okay, here's the three things. I wanna do these three things. Here's what it's gonna look like on a good day. Here's what it's gonna look like on a bad day. I will either spend an hour and it'll be working out and reading scriptures and journaling and, and I'll have all this time or I'll basically, you know, just briefly do each of those. Either one will count. Either one will be the right thing, but you know exactly what order you're going to do. You know where you're going to do it. You know how you're going to do it. It's all very clearly mapped out so that you wake up, you get out of bed, you do those things in those order, in that same order every day. And it just happens naturally. It makes it easy. It makes it simple. And it gives you what you need every single morning. One other note, because as I said that, I thought, some people probably just heard that and went, ugh, the same thing every day. I like variety. I like variety too. And so one of the things, even though it's a routine and I'm doing the same thing in the same order every day, for example, I do yoga every morning, but I don't do the same yoga every morning. That's how I get my variety. So I have a YouTube watch later list. It's a different video every day, but a new one pops up. So I just open that up. It's ready to go. My journaling is different every day. I've got different prompts. I've got different things that I use, but I'm not journaling the same thing every day. And that's kind of a way to get, if you like variety, to get variety within a routine. Yes. I love that. That is so, that is so great. And I love how once you put it in, it's just as normal a routine as it is to get up, brush your teeth, make your breakfast, put on your clothes. Like it's starting to be, that's how you have to start your day. You have yes. to do those, the yoga and the scriptures and the journal. You just have to, that's not starting a day without spending a couple of minutes in that. And then I've even taken it a step further. Like I have kind of a separate list that if I have an open hour during the day, like something cancels or I'm waiting for 
a kid somewhere or waiting to get to something, you know, then I have an open time. Then I have a list of stuff that, hey, when you do get some time, any time during the day, why don't you work on this or think about this or go do this, you know? So I think it's great to kind of have kind of a backup, (laughs) backup list of habits you want to start. Yeah. To be that intentional and that's how things get done. And it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel like, Oh my gosh, I have this to do. Instead. It's like very natural. Oh, here I am with free time. Instead of scrolling on social media, I have this list that I made earlier for myself and look at that. I'll go and do those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's a lot more because <laughs> otherwise the hour's gone. You're like, what did I just do? Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. not helpful. Or like you said, you're wandering target going, what did I just do? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Either way. I yeah. love this. This is great. I love how you could take something that was a challenge for you. And now are you like coaching and helping women? You teach classes yeah. or how do you do, how do you teach women? Yes. So I have a group coaching program that I run several times a year, and we work to help moms find time for themselves through creating habits of daily self-care. Sounds perfect. That's exactly what we need. So I'm so glad. And I, I love talking to people who are doing things to help others because of what they went through, you know, and it's like, you're not the only person and you went through this and you found a new way of thinking and of doing things. And now you're just offering that lemonade to everyone else to improve their lives. So thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. When I was in that moment, and for people who are in that moment now, when it just seems hard and overwhelming, you feel stuck. It doesn't feel like, oh, someday this lemon will be lemonade, right? It just feels hard and it's okay to feel that, but there is hope and there is something good on the other end of that. And to keep looking for that and make intentional choices when you have that little bit of energy, when you have that little moment to yourself, ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want to do differently? What could this look like? If I could change, if things could change, how could it be better? And just that little bit of hope will start to give you ideas and spark creativity and help you find something new. And so I guess that's just my my thought, what I needed to hear back then is that there is possibility, even when the kids are little, even when things are hard, there's still uh, hope. Oh, and we need that hope because I think when we're in it, we think we just have to endure it for the next 20 years and then we can finally live our life. We can finally be free, you know, and it's just like, wow. And you're missing all this living and all this, so many uplifting, elevating, wonderful things you could be doing while you are raising children, like you don't have to wait to take care of yourself and wait to be happy to when the children are gone. Like that's just, we got to switch that thinking. So I'm glad you're teaching that. No, there is hope while you're raising a family that you can have a few minutes to yourself. You can have your own dreams and hopes and desires, and you can make time to see those happen. And you'll be a lot better mom when you do that. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, you will. You'll enjoy it more. You'll enjoy the process. Your kids will enjoy being around you more and yeah, it will just help in every, every area of your life. Yeah. I wish I would have learned that better. I'm always telling people that I wished it all away. I resented it. I didn't love being a mom, 
with little kids. It was sounded just like your story. You know, I was miserable and, uh, I, I would take it back. You know, if I could, if I could learn like you did, um, it's, it's a much better way to survive and thrive that way. Just being a happy mom and and embracing it. Cause now I'm on the other end, they're gone. You know, I'm an empty nester and I have grandkids now. And so it's like, wait, I want to bring that time back and try again, have a do-over because I kind of wished it all away. So I'm glad you're teaching moms that you can enjoy it and embrace it where it's at. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.